Hello, friends. Good morning, the Sunday after Easter. He is still risen, still reigning, still large and in charge, and calls on us to be part of his courtship of the world. He sent out first 11 guys to do this, and that's what we're going to look at today from the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Then the 11 disciples, verse verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us again, refresh us in your great commission you're sending out. With these 11 ordinary gents, fill us with your spirit, refresh our hearts and minds toward obedience that is freedom. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen, 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 amen. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of evangelism or the words like evangelism and discipleship. Maybe it's sales, closing the sales, closing the deal, pressure tactics, uh, maybe it's a good experience. Maybe you had a good experience with with uh, uh, a leader or someone who, who led you to Christ and was powerful, and maybe you've seen some wonderful evangelism done. Maybe you've seen some some unfortunate, maybe things that felt manipulative or inappropriate. There's a whole spectrum, and the church has goods and bads on that, like it has with everything and like everyone has with anything. Jesus, though, sent these guys out, and if we listen to them, it can change our whole perspective about what evangelism and discipleship can really look like. It's very freeing and I think healing to hear our Lord uh, reflect on it. So let's do that. First, it begins with a meetup, just, just a meeting. We're told he had them come up to a mountain to meet them. We don't know what mountain. We know God's found of, um, God is fond of mountains all the way back to uh, Moses on Mount Sinai. And I know Rainier and all the beautiful mountains out in the Pac Northwest and other places in the world who can blame God for that. They're incredible places. What a place to start, eh? The greatest mission of the world on a mountain. It's where it all starts. They meet Jesus there. And he says right off the bat um, words for them. That's where it begins. But before we get to the words... Let's remember that it starts with meeting the one who speaks the words. That we really can't overemphasize enough that it's absolutely essential not to skip this fact of our text that this whole mission begins with a meetup. It doesn't begin with their own self-direction. It doesn't begin with their inspiration. It doesn't begin with their plan of how they're going to conquer the world or be successful or, you know, 10 steps to conquering Jerusalem, Judea, and, you know, for Christ. It begins with Christ 
meeting with them and sending them. Where do you meet with Christ? Before we get to the commission, we have to meet with the one who gives it, right? And they meet here, and he longs to meet with us. Where do you meet with him in your life? He'll meet with you wherever. Uh, He says, where two or three come together in my name, I am there with them. So he meets us in community. He'll meet with you in your room where you pray to your father through the Son and the Spirit, Matthew 6, 6. He'll meet with you in private. Um, He'll meet with you in the needy. He says, as you do the least of these, the thirsty, the hungry, the stranger, those in material need, those in prison, so you're doing to me so we can meet with Jesus in the lost, the least, the last, in those places too. We meet with him there. He's there too. He identifies with them. Or we meet with him wherever he tells us to go to meet with him. Like they met with him on the mountain. But you get my point. This whole mission begins with a meetup with Jesus, the original missionary, the original said one. God, the sending God, sending his son. And we need not forget that. We begin understanding the Great Commission and the call, first and foremost, out of a meeting, not a concept, not an idea, but of a meeting with a, with a person who wants to have a real relationship with us, a real honest relationship with real honest fellow, uh, with other real honest human beings, and fellows just like the fellows he dealt with. And we can be really real, a real relationship. How real? Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Grammatically, my favorite scholar, Dale Bruner, one of my favorites, points this out. He says, those words could be taken to be about the same people. So in other words, the same people that worship Jesus here could have also doubted him here in, on the mountain. They meet with him. So again, the picture of discipleship, the Great Commission begins, get this, with going to meet with Jesus and bringing your worship and bringing your doubts. By the way, he receives worship, so the idea that Jesus is less than God, as some people will say, is not true. He receives worship. He doesn't rebuke their worship. So he is God. But he doesn't rebuke their doubts either. He's sending these guys on the greatest mission the world has ever seen. And this is not SEAL Team 6 kind of quality necessarily. They worship and they doubt. They're unsure. But that's who he sends. That's who he welcomes. Worshipful doubters. He never even brings up their doubts. What does he do? He says, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore, you guys, go and make disciples. He gives them an assurance that he's the one with the authority. It's interesting. Into our doubts, he assures us of his authority. What a pivot. If you doubt yourself, look to Jesus. This is not primarily about us. Isn't that good news? So once again, if you, if you, if you have a uh, a picture of evangelism or outreach or, or ministering where the pressure's all on you to do it or it's about pressurizing people. No. It's about Jesus and his authority and then going in and, and obeying him, assured of his large and in chargeness. It's very freeing right off the bat. It's very freeing right off the bat. Very exciting. And more to come here. All authority in heaven and earth is given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples. 
what is a disciple? What in the world is a disciple? I think you all have, with, with Jim's awesome work and all the work that your phenomenal um, leadership have done there, you've been discussing this a lot, and that is so exciting to me um, is because our hearts beat strongly the same for that. We want to be disciples and make disciples. But what is one? You probably have already thought about this but and, and discussed it, but it probably bears repeating it. First of all, that he doesn't say go and make converts. He doesn't make. He doesn't say go and make converts. You know, Saint Paul says neither he who plants or he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. It's God who converts. We disciple, right? We disciple in God's name. God does the heavy lifting, the mysterious uh, transformation in people's lives. We disciple. What does that mean? Mathete is the Greek. It just means to make students of. To, as Dr. Bruner and others have said, to bring to school, to educate, to mentor, to apprentice. Simply put, to work with people over a period of time in the simple educational process of teaching Jesus. I would say the whole person of Jesus, the person and work of Christ. You could say teaching Jesus in Jesus, because the entire command of the Great Commission um, to go and make disciples, before you get the go and make, you get his authority, and then at the end we're going to see, he says, I'm with you always. So go and make followers, take people to school in Jesus as we are surrounded by Jesus. Two key elements here that he highlights are, in the big picture of discipleship, are baptism, baptizing, and that's taking the family name, getting a spiritual bath and taking the family name. And that's a very important moment in in discipleship. And the second one, which is ongoing, is teaching obedience to the Lordship of Christ. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, teaching obedience. And that, that can sound very intimidating. Teach them to obey everything I commanded you. And I guess in some sense it should be. He is Lord. He is awesome. His life is perfect and holy in every possible way. And yet it's also so big that it's freeing. And uh, that he can take, um, you know, on the assembly line of your life and someone else's life and discipleship, it means that there are 150 or more or many more things to work on. That means we don't do it all at once. And what that says is it's process. It's process. It's working over a period of time. It's not to convert people. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It's to take people into a process. Well, here's, here's I want to summarize just five ideas from that arise from this text for me to help us understand what discipleship looks like and some things to think about as you think about discipleship. You've probably heard some of this already from some of your wonderful teachers there, but so if I echo it, great, and um, we can build on on each other and I'm sure learn from each other. First, I would say to make disciples, you, you need to be one. He's talking to his disciples and saying, go and make disciples. So prioritize making yourself a disciple and investing in Christian fellowship uh, if you're going to go make disciples, be a disciple to make disciples. Scripture is the indispensable authority for understanding God's mission and the centrality of Jesus Christ in it as the radiant, living, personal center. So seeking a deeper understanding of the biblical story and Christ as the radiant, radiant center of it and seeking that in community is essential to discipleship. Small groups, small groups, small groups, or, or one-on-one meetings, one-on-one discipleship, small group discipleship. So to make that a priority of your li- in your life, to, to, to make a disciple, you need to go be one. And doing that in small groups and one-on-ones, 
immersing yourself in scripture and centering on Jesus in the ups and downs of life. So that could be as simple as meeting to pray together and sharing life. And inevitably, when I've been in groups like that with a bunch of Christians, the group starts to teach itself and reflect out of their own experience of God and their understanding of what the scripture says, or someone will bring up a Bible verse over here, or, or something from the life of Christ over here, and then we learn and come together, and we leave enriched and grounded. What you're talking about, as I've had in my life, people that are dealing with you know sick loved ones or strained relationships. That's where the rubber beats the road, right, of discipleship. So to make disciples be one with all of your whole life, in community. So to make disciples, you have to be one and make that a priority. Second, uh, making disciples is about being with people as you live out your discipleship openly. So now we're shifting from 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 uh, be, becoming a disciple, which is also about being with people. But to make disciples, you got to just go be with people and be yourself. There's all kinds of books and wonderful idea. I mean, so many really good ones out there and ideas and patterns and pathways to discipleship. And that can be very, very helpful. But we ought not make it more complicated than, than in some level it is. Basically, go be with somebody and be in Christ. <laughs> go be with somebody and be a Christian in your ups and downs and your worshipful doubting and your doubtful worship and your struggles and your triumphs. Go focus on someone, get alongside them and, and, be, and be that. Okay, so that's second. Making disciples is about being with people as you are with Christ as his disciple. So first, to make a disciple, you got to be one. Secondly, then, to, to make disciples, go be with other people as you are one, as you are a disciple. Thirdly, don't think you have to have all the answers. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me, after all. It's not to us. So you you and I are humbled. You know, we're humbled regularly as pastors by how much there's to learn and, and and before Almighty God and the greatness of God. That's a healthy thing. So if you get questions or struggles with people who are wanting to know about your faith and you don't know the answer to that, don't don't expect to be the, the, the answer man or answer woman. Admit, you know, boy, I'm on the road too. I'm not sure either. Don't feel like you have to have all the answers. I'm on the road. We're people on the way. So am I. So don't think you have to all have to have all the answers. So be a disciple to make disciples. Make disciples by being with people. And thirdly, as you're with people, don't expect to have all the answers because only he has all authority. Fourth, consider every corner of your life as potential grounds for discipleship of you and of others. Consider every corner of your life as potential grounds for your discipleship and the discipleship of others. Jesus said he's with us. How much? Always. That means at Starbucks, out in nature, on a walk in the off-leash dog park, uh, when we're alone, when we're with friends, when we're with Christian friends, when we're with people who are, when we are with people who aren't Christians, when we're at the movies, when we're in the checkout line, he's with us always. So that means everywhere is potential soil for his discipleship, for our discipleship and discipleship of others. Jill and I can't wait to walk our dogs through our new neighborhood where we're going to live um, in the Everett Muckleteo area. Because when you're walking your dogs, just the two of you, number one, we can talk and talk about our own discipleship and what's going on and how we're doing. And we can meet other people in the area who could become disciples who we um, share life in Christ with over time as those relationships develop.
walking your dog. Rick Warren, I think I've said this before, you know, Rick Warren says, go do what you love with non-Christians. Sooner or later, they're going to, you know, if you want to make disciples, sooner or later, they're going to, you know, your Christianity is going to show up. Your church life is going to show up somewhere and questions are going to arise and watch what happens. Again, we don't need to make it more complicated than it is. Although you can dive into the deep dives of all the different dynamics of discipleship and that's fine. You can do that too if that excites you, but don't let that intimidate you. It's about going and being with people and seeing every corner of your life as potential soil for discipleship. Fifth and finally, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. The all is really huge there. We, we need to really embrace that. All means all. He wants everybody. And I think we can include uh, multicultural, and the, beauty of, the beauty of living in a multicultural place like Seattle and all the different cultures that God adores and loves and wants to draw in um, to his embrace and has in Jesus Christ. I think we also can include all generations and the, all the different tastes and loves and, and struggles of all generations. And I think we can include all personality types, your type A's, type B's, whatever, you know, in that. All. This is for everyone. So do this as an exercise. Think of someone who you just, they're so different that you cannot imagine them uh, in the Jesus school of discipleship. You can't imagine them. Now imagine them there. And imagine, imagine this person. Imagine something in their life that intersects with the person of Jesus Christ. This is why it's important to be a disciple in order to make disciples, because you can, you can reflect on Jesus' life more if you're if you're involved and engaged with it, and learning about his forgiveness, his healing, who he touched, how he operated. And then you can think about your friends and think about how that might touch them. And we begin these exercises in the Holy Spirit, and we imagine them in our in our sanctified imagination, these dear ones coming near to Jesus Christ. And let that become a prayer and see what happens. Some thoughts on discipleship. I can't wait to be in it with you. It is a a process of challenges and delights, ups and downs, uh, being in in the joys and the cross and the pain and the delight of giving our lives for the courtship of the world in Jesus Christ. May it be so for us. May we go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching, and uh, trusting in the one who has all authority and who is with us always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See you soon.